Hey guys, welcome to the SEC Block Party Podcast. My name is Andrew Plugge, and sitting here with me is my co-host and wonderful wife, Tori Plugge. Hey everybody. If you never want to miss an episode, please make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC underscore Block Party. And if you do enjoy our podcast, please go rate and review us on SoundCloud and iTunes. This week we have a wonderful episode planned featuring the LSU Tigers, but first... We here at the SEC Block Party like to cool off after a hot rally with 100% American-brokered seedless watermelons, and we go only with the best, Grower Select Produce, the official watermelon provider of the SEC Block Party podcast. These melons are ripe with vitamins, lycopene, and only have 46 calories per cup, keeping us hydrated all day long. And if it doesn't say GSP, it doesn't belong in the SEC Block Party podcast. So before we get into the LSU feature, it's time to go over the weekly standings in conference. Um, Florida, who's ranked 12th in the AVCA poll, is sitting in first place at 9-1, and one, followed by Georgia and number 18-ranked Kentucky, who are both 9-2. and two. Texas A&M snuck into the AVCA poll this week at number 25 after a pair of uh, really good wins last week, and they are 8-3 and three in conference, followed by Missouri, who is receiving votes. South Carolina uh, is also six and four, along with Missouri, followed by Ole Miss at six and five. We then have LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Auburn. A couple of games we loved last week. Um, we actually talked, they were games we were looking forward to. So both the Texas A&M games uh, did not disappoint as the Aggies beat two ranked opponents on the week, Kentucky and Missouri. Uh, those wins would earn them an ABCA ranking, as Tori just mentioned, for their first time this year. Uh, the SEC Players of the Week are Texas A&M's Holland Hands for Offensive Player of the Week. Defensive Player of the Week is Florida's Rachel Kramer. We're getting our Setter of the Week from Georgia, out of Megan Donovan, and also from Georgia, the Freshman of the Week, no surprise there, Casey Evans. A couple games we're looking forward to before we jump into the LSU portion of this podcast is the Kentucky at Georgia. Can the Cats get revenge on the Bulldogs from their five-set upset earlier in the season? And uh, the Missouri and Alabama game. Missouri's coming off a really tough loss, and Alabama's coming off of a really big win. Will momentum be the game-changer for this matchup? South Carolina is at Ole Miss on Sunday. Both teams are trying to solidify a spot in the upper half of the conference, and it's uh, the only time they will meet all year. So big games across the board in the SEC this week. Okay, our feature this week is covering one of the more storied programs in the SEC, Louisiana State University. So going back and taking a look at some of their program history, their all-time record is 965 and 572. Their all-time SEC record is 301 to 208. They have earned seven SEC Western Division titles. And so I actually went and looked this up. Um, the SEC is divided into divisions, but volleyball actually only played divisions from 1995 to 2012. So out of those years, um, LSU won the West seven times. Um, but they also won the regular season title, so outright champions five times, their most recent time being in 2009. Um, they won the SEC tournament four times. We talked about how they discontinued that in 2005. 
and they have been to the NCAA tournament 15 times with a tournament record of 14 and 15. And one of the best statistics, I think, for LSU is they have had two Final Four appearances in 1990 and in 1991. They're coached by Fran Flory, who is in her 22nd season. LSU is sitting in eighth place in the conference this year, and they had a split or they had a split weekend, dropping their Friday match to a very good South Carolina team, but turning around on Sunday to get a win against Mississippi State. Head coach Fran Flory doesn't seem to be too worried about her team's record, though, as they are starting several freshmen, including setter Carly Rose, whose name we've mentioned several times this year for both setter of the week and freshman of the week, and outside Samara Hill. They're led by all-SEC team member Taylor Bannister, who is one of the most physical and dominant players in the entire conference. Also, Reagan Chinchuli, their libero, is number two in digs per set for conference matches. Traveling to South Carolina later in the week, the Tigers, or I'm sorry, early in the week, they were looking to start a win streak after facing two ranked opponents the week before. An early run in set one would get USC off to a great start, not ever giving LSU a chance to catch up. They lost that set 25-19. The South Carolina offense would go off in the second set, hitting 390, and LSU lost set 2, 25-20. The two-set lead would be too much to overcome, and LSU would drop that match in three sets. LSU would then return home to play Mississippi State on Sunday. An impressive first set, LSU hit 353 against State and took that set. Set two would then go... State's way, uh, but LSU fought back, fought back, making it taking a commanding third set, twenty-five to nine, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, even in the match, State rallied back and to take the fourth set and force a fifth set. Back and forth points in that fifth set would provide great entertainment for the home crowd, who eventually got their win at seventeen to fifteen. About her team. Coach Flory said, we have some great talent. The challenge is how do we continue to mold that together and get the most out of everybody. From watching her team this week, I can completely agree. They have some unbelievable athletes on the court. They're just having a hard time getting all their players to firing at the same time. So watch out for this team, though, because if they click, it's going to be really deadly. Our guest today is Maddie Jones, a former teammate and opponent of mine. She played at LSU, and we're really excited to spend some time talking to her. Hey, Maddie, how's it going? Hi, good. It's so good to hear from you guys. What's up? Oh, we're great. Just uh, talking about LSU this week. So um, first, give us a little bit of background um, about where you're from and then when you actually played at LSU. Okay. Um, I am from Plano, Texas, which is a suburb from the North of Dallas. Um, I played from Ellis at LSU from 2009 to 2012. So I started playing volleyball recreationally when I was in fourth grade. And then once I was in sixth grade, I started playing club because back in the day, the earliest you could start was when you were 12. And now I think it's like when you're 10. which is insane. Um, and I started playing for a club called victory and then I switched to skyline and then I played there for like six years, which is how I know you Tori, because we played against each other for most of our high school careers. And then our worlds collided and we were on the same team for a couple of years, which was a really, really good team. Um, would love to relive the glory years. Absolutely. Any day. (laughs) 
Yeah. For those who don't know, we got second place at Junior Olympics, our 17s year. Still the highlight. Um, Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I went to LSU where I played for four years. Uh, I majored in industrial engineering and I minored in business administration. Um, I played outside hitter and then occasionally right side for like blocking and like swinging around for a two and serve receive or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after college, I got the opportunity to play in Switzerland for a season, which was like an anomaly experience. I loved it over there. My team was basically like undefeated for the whole time. We think we lost like one or two games the whole time. Um, my teammates were like lifelong friends living in like the most beautiful city I'll ever live in in my whole life. Um, and then after the season ended, I came home to start grad school at SMU in Dallas. And then I, that's kind of when volleyball ended for me. Um, so yeah. Awesome. And now you live in DC and you work for FEMA. How's that? <laughs> yes. I, I live like a double life in DC. My full-time job is I'm actually a contractor, so I my like title or whatever is geophysical data scientist, Woo-hoo. which is I know it's just a ridiculous way to to describe my job. But I basically just develop workflows and write code with the goal of predicting impacts to natural disasters using GIS, which uses like geospatial data, which is basically just like data that you can put on a map. Um, but yeah, I do that for FEMA, so it's very well, as a contractor for FEMA. So it's very like disaster response related and just like super interesting work. But I also like couldn't completely let go of like fitness and athletics in my life. So um, I've been an indoor cycling instructor for the last five years too. So yeah, kind of got both things going on. Yeah, that's more my realm. The all the uh, science <laughs> words you just said went so far over my volleyball coach head. I was waiting oh. for you to say topography and you didn't. Is that the only word? That's you the only think word of? I got. I was like trying to <laughs> trying to find a way to plug topography into your work because I know that's yeah. what you work with, but oh you God. have a much more intelligent way to say it. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Topography. There it is. <laughs> all right, Maddie. So, um, tell us a little bit. Or you're you played there for four years at LSU. It's got to be a really special place for you. What, what would you say your favorite memory from playing is? Um, yeah, that's obviously a tough question, but my favorite memory is like kind of a personal memory. I was like super, super obsessed with volleyball in high school as is like most club athletes that are going to play in college. But it was like everything of my life. I knew like every stat of every like college game, I watched as much volleyball as I could on TV, which like wasn't really much back in like 2008 ish. But, um, so anyway, my first game at LSU ever in my whole career, my freshman year was against Stanford. Um, but I guess I'll back up a little bit. I, I started at LSU the summer before my freshman year to train and like practice with the team. So I was there for like two or whatever, three months. Um, before the season or two days even started just kind of like getting used to the the ebb and flow of like practice and practices and stuff. Um, so our first game is against Stanford, which they were ranked number five at the time. I, I like had to like double Google, like double check my stats, but they were ranked like really, really high. And they had just been in the NCAA championship game the year before. Um, they lost to Penn State, but this was during like Penn State's reign of like four straight NCAA national championships. So like 
no one was going to beat Penn state. So Stanford got second and we were playing them like the first thing next season. Um, so anyway, the whole summer goes by, we get through two days, this first game against Stanford is getting ready to start. And I remember like being on the sidelines, we had just finished our 45 minute warm up or like whatever you do before the game where you like serve and pass. And Fran is sort of like showing the team, the starting lineup. And for those who might be listening, who don't know who Fran is, Fran is the LSU head volleyball coach. She's been there for like 20 plus years. She's just like an amazing person, mentor, coach. Like she was, for me, she was like the disciplinarian that I did not want, but like desperately needed in college. Um, she's just the best. But anyway, she's showing us the lineup and my number was like on the starting lineup. And I just remember being in like absolute shock that I was going to be starting in the game. Um, so the game starts and I'm on the court and I'm like fangirling at the team across the net for me, who I like literally just watched play in the NCAA championship game. Um, and I think we started with the serve and like miss the point or something. So then we were in serve receive and they serve us the ball. We pass it. I get set. And then I got a kill. So I got the first kill of the game. And I just had this like overwhelming feeling of like things like coming full circle. <laughs> it was like one of those moments where like in real life, it's really only like two seconds, but in your brain, it's like Forever. a five minute. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was just like all of this work paying off to get to that moment. And like, Oh my God, we're playing number five Stanford. And like, not only that, but I'm on the court and like, not only that, but I just got our first point. And I like, I think I like almost started crying for a second. Uh Um, but I was just like, okay, pull it together. This is like a live game. Like you can't do this right now. Um, but the game went on. No, uh, it went to five and we almost won. I think we lost by like three points or two points or something. Um, which is insane for like first game of the season. Um, but it was like a really good start to my college athletic career. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of memories from playing, but that was, I mean, you'll never forget that kill for the rest of your life. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, I'm not worthy. (laughs) (laughs) You are worthy, Maddie. Oh, wasn't that was the year 2009. That was the year, um, you won the SEC, correct? Yeah, yeah, that was our best year that I was there. We mm-hmm. won the SEC. We had like two All-Americans on the team, like maybe three, at least two. We made it to the second round of playoffs where we lost to Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> Your team. I uh, remember. That was one, of, one of my college highlights. <laughs> Tori, yeah. what is your favorite memory from playing? We don't have to talk about it, Andrew, but it was really fun playing against Maddie. Yeah, that was a fun year. That was like, that was a lot of things for me. I was like, simultaneously, like mentally coming to terms with like what it meant to be a student athlete, Mm -hmm. like just how like hard it really is. But also it helps when your team is really good. And um, it was, it was a good experience overall. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, a little bit more about the school in general. Um, What is one of your favorite LSU traditions? Um, I would say hands down, it's football game day, just memories of like tailgating and walking around campus on game day. And just like all the outrageous things that people have at their tailgates. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's what very are some friendly. of the family friendly ones that you can share? <laughs> um, like handcrafted and like detailed painted beer pong tables and 
I think I've seen like a life-size battlefield game. Oh, how cool um, would that be? So cool. Yeah, somehow turned into a drinking game. I remember there are these poodles that get, they would get spray painted. Like one would be spray painted purple and one would be spray painted gold. And they'd just like walk around campus all day. Oh. Um, for the Florida game, there's always like an alligator that someone's like roasting on a spit. There's just like ridiculous couches, large TVs. It's fun. <laughs> I, I will say that I think you guys have the best mascot. Oh, at least a live thanks. mascot. It is a very badass mascot. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I have yet to make it to Baton Rouge for a football game. Oh, which was is weird because I feel like that's an easy one to get to and yeah. go to and want to go to, but I yeah. don't think Andrew wants to go. I think oh. he's intimidated by it. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Yeah. It was fun. I've been I don't back. think it's fun being a visitor in Baton Rouge. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I yeah. can't. I, I can't speak to that. I've never been a visitor. That's true. Never been a visitor. So I can't say that I wouldn't enjoy at it. Any school in but, the SEC. You know, sometimes I get really into my manhood, <laughs> and I think sometimes at r- road games that sometimes that's not well received. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Yeah. I I understand what that's like. Yeah. Um, so let's back up just a little bit. You're playing in high school with Tori still. Tori goes to A&M, you go to LSU. Why did you pick LSU? Um, I was like 15 when I committed. So like for me, as were our many people, but, um, for me, it just came down to like where I felt really comfortable. Um, I come from an entire family of Texas Longhorns, like both my parents, my brother, and like many of my grandparents and aunts and uncles, like all went to UT. So I had no choice, but to grow up as a UT fan, um, with like the huge football culture the college town, the big university school spirit atmosphere. So so I you, had, you had a lot of fun earlier this year when you didn't you go to Austin for the LSU for I or did. Texas game? Yeah, that yes. was, must have been a lot of fun for you and your family. It, oh my God. It was so fun. My mom had like both like half of her shirt was like LSU buttons and the other half was like UT buttons. And like anywhere we would go, people would be like, you got enough buttons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, she had to support like both kids, but yeah, it was so fun, but they were mean to me. I did feel like the UT fans were not very friendly when I was there. We can agree on that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. You grew up a Texas. I kind of, I sidebarred you a little bit. So you grew oh, up no. a Texas fan. Yeah. Please sidebar me as much as you want to. I definitely found similar feelings at the LSU campus. Like I visited a bunch of schools and I just felt most at home on the campus, which like side note is gorgeous. Um, it's a really beautiful place. Um, and I got a lot of, along well with the team. I got to like go to some uh, practices and like hang out with the team after on my visits and stuff. Um, and then also the coaches, like the way they recruited, um, when I was recruited it, Fran was there. Um, Jill Wilson, who's now the head coach at Virginia tech and Steve Loswick, who coaches at, um, coastal Carolina, I think. Um, but there was no, there was just like no question throughout the entire recruitment process that LSU wanted me. I think I visited nine schools and LSU never like pressured me. They just kind of made it known steadily throughout the entire recruitment process that they, I was one of their top recruits. 
Um, Fran drove to Dallas once from Louisiana just to come to one of my practices to watch me play. And then I just remember back in club, like playing at those huge tournaments where there are like 500 volleyball courts packed into a convention center and like 15s or 16s year when all the coaches kind of like swarm the perimeter of the courts. I don't know if that's still a thing. Sure um, is. That's my job. It, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is all you know. Um, but I would remember like some coaches would kind of like blend in or like sit in with the parents and just kind of like covertly like low key watch the players. But then like Fran and Jill would like stand up in like the middle, like the center of the back of the court. And they'd be wearing like top and bottom, like bright purple, like sweatsuits. Like there was just like no missing their presence. Like they were definitely there. Um, just like their, their communication style. And like, they would send me like cards and like nice emails and stuff. So I definitely felt like I had a good relationship with them before I like even really started at LSU. So what grade are you in when you're 15? I think I was 10th grade. I was going into 10th grade. Yeah. So I, when you committed, um, I don't believe you and I were on the same team yet. I think it was that next season that we ended up playing together but we all obviously heard about it and we were all like that's so insane I can't believe she's committed how does she know where she wants to go to school like that's so crazy and now like that's just the norm I mean the NCAA has actually had to put in new rules so that we cannot recruit that early anymore because everybody's already committed by the end of their sophomore year in high school and it's like just kind of out of control. Um, but I just, it, it I do remember insane. you being like the first one, especially in our Dallas area and us just being like, Oh my gosh. And then it has just slowly turned into, I mean, 2000, that was what, 2006. Like that's not yeah. that long ago in retrospect, but the way yeah. recruiting has changed so much since then. Um, How so, old are they when they commit now? Usually. Well, so the NCAA just put in some new legislation um, literally in April that says we can't have any form of communication with anybody. We can't even give verbal offers until um, June 15th following their sophomore year. So like you can't even start talking to them until they're going into their junior year now. Okay. Yeah. No emails, no phone calls, no text messages. That's probably for the better i mean it just you know you have more time to like figure out what you want i guess as a high schooler yeah i mean that's and and give them a little bit of time to be a kid (laughs) yes well i asked the question because you were talking about emails and i was like did i have an email when i was 15 that was my question you had to make one for volleyball recruiting yeah Mm -hmm. it was so intense Mm -hmm. and then do they still do those brochures do kids mail in their brochures to you now of like their info packet or whatever um most of it is all online so like you'll have a recruiting profile online i don't get very i don't get very much um physical mail physical mail (laughs) it's a different time it is um so just kind of getting back you played all four years in the sec i know you had that team that was just that huge rival that every time you played them, it was like either a super hype game, always super close. Um, someone that like your team always looked forward to beating and having on the other side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's like multiple ways to answer this question, but like 
I personally always loved playing your team, Texas A&M, even though y'all weren't in the SEC until like our senior year, we still somehow played each other. Like I think every year, I think every year, I think we yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Um, and those games were so intense and super fun. I think I might've been like slightly biased having been like a UT fan growing up, but I think that's still a huge rival, like at least a huge football rivalry, like LSU versus A&M. Um, what was the record? Like during yeah. our four years? Yeah, or like I think we were close to 500. Like I think we were almost split. Yeah. I was going to say two and two, but it, it's either two and two or three and one, but it's, I think it's... We'll, we'll have to well, check that. Yeah, I'll check that and we'll put that <laughs> <Yeah>. in later. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, Florida was always the team to beat in the SEC. They're always good. And those games were always so intense. And then Kentucky and Tennessee were also, I feel like all three of those were always in, like, the top 25. And um, But I remember Ole Miss, for me, was the hardest gym to play at because I think, Andrew, I think you told me back when I saw you guys a couple months ago that y'all have a new gym now but at the time it was like really close quarters it was a smaller venues i mean you remember tori you played there but like the fans would like pack it to the very last row of seats and they were just like brutal and it felt like they were right on top of us you could hear like everything they were yelling it was absolutely terrifying um i think we mostly won those back in the day i don't know but uh in general overall i would say like a&M or Florida were like the two big rivals for games, but Ole Miss was always like really hard to play at. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, so it's the same venue. We just renovated it. It's a little bit different setup now. So the fans aren't like quite as close, but it's still the same small venue. It's, we love it. It's a lot. <laughs> Being the yeah. home team is a lot of fun there. Yeah. I bet. So yeah, it makes a huge difference when, Sorry, when you're kind of like close and you can see everyone and they fill it up versus like we would play in a really, really big, like, you know, basketball stadium that holds like 60,000 people. I don't even know, like probably not that many. But and so even though when you would have like 3000 fans, sometimes it, it didn't really feel like it was full. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, I think size of gym in volleyball plays a big role in the total atmosphere. So. Yes. At a basketball arena, you're just not gonna fill unless your name is Nebraska. Yeah. You're not gonna fill it. Um, yep. So, no, yeah, I completely understand. Um, so we're running out of time. So I got one more question for you before we leave. What to you makes LSU so special? Like, so our listeners are pretty spread out in the SEC. We're doing a feature every week, and this week is you know all about LSU. So give us why you think LSU is so special within the conference of the SEC. Um, I just for whatever reason have just like such a loving memory of the people of Baton Rouge. Like I just think the city, um, it's the capital of Louisiana, and the city really just like revolves around LSU, and everyone really shows up for all of the athletic events and just a really tight knit community. And like now living in Washington, DC, um, you know, there's still alumni events. And like, when I do meet people who went to LSU, you sort of like instantly connect on like just the memories of going to school there and all of the like fun things that you have to talk about with someone who like also loves gumbo and like, you know, char world oysters or whatever. But, um, yeah, I would definitely attribute LSU specialness to the people. Awesome. I think that makes a lot of sense. 
Again, I <laughs> haven't really spent a lot of time in Baton Rouge, but you really can, need to get down there. I feel like I you're a foodie too. It's like one of the best like food. I, I have been places. to the neighboring city often, but okay. I have not been to Baton Rouge very <laughs> okay. much. Yeah. You need okay. to make a trip down there. Maybe do. we'll do that sometimes. Let me know when you go and I'll meet there. Yeah. Perfect. That sounds like a great plan. But <laughs> yeah. anyways, Maddie, thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed of having course. you. And oh, um, an always good to get a different perspective on each program. So thanks so much for that. Of course. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye, Maddie. Bye. So we actually went back and looked. And just for the record, Texas A&M and LSU were two and one in the four years Maddie and I were in college. So Huzzah. yeah, take that Maddie. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. The the one time LSU did beat us, we got absolutely smoked. It was, uh, we lost in three sets on our home court. They were pretty, uh, upset about how the tournament had gone the year uh-huh. before. So yeah. they really brought it to us the next year. <laughs> you know, I was really impressed too, as we had a chance to listen to her, uh, and how she spoke regarding her special relationship with Coach Flory. I think it's very clear she Coach Flory has a big and continual impact on all of her players. I think yeah, that's I don't special. think it's any surprise that yeah. she's one of the longest tenured coaches in, yeah, in the conference. All right, well, it's time for my favorite segment where I get to sit back and relax as Coach Plugi teaches us something about volleyball in Volleyball 101 with Coach Plugi. Okay, so every week when I go through the standings, I mention the national rankings. And when I say the AVCA, I thought today, I was like, some people might not know what that means. So uh, for those who are new to the sport or maybe new to the college game and the ranking systems, the AVCA stands for the American Volleyball Coaches Association. And it's an organization separate from the NCAA that's dedicated to enhancing and promoting the sport. Um The AVCA puts together a list of coaches who vote every week on who they believe should be represented in the top 25. That's where we get that ranking from. Um, It's voted on actually by fellow coaches who know the sport inside and out. Um, Cool thing, though, about the AVCA is it's not just a rankings system. It's a whole organization. They do Mm. a convention at the end of the year that's dedicated to has, you know, hundreds of seminars and different workshops you can go to to better yourself as a coach. It's from high school to club to women's college, men's college, beach. They cover the whole spectrum of volleyball. I don't know the mission statement of the the AVCA, but if I had to guess, it has to do with the promotion of the sport. Yes, um, that lovely tagline I got that said uh, is dedicated to enhancing and promoting the sport. Straight off their website. There so you go. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably a big part of um, of their mission statement. All right. So as we wrap up this week's episode, I have Andrew's one more thing. And my one more thing this week is that this weekend is Veterans Day weekend. So Veterans Day is on Monday the 11th. And since I work for veterans, I think this is a perfect opportunity to uh, remind everyone that if they haven't had a chance in a while to go out and thank a veteran for what they've done in service to our country to allow us to live the life we live. Um, It's, you know, veterans hold a special place in in my heart. Uh, I take care of 
them every day, but, uh, you know, not all of us have that opportunity. And I think just, I don't think a weekend's enough, but go find a veteran this weekend and say thank you. They deserve it. I know Ole Miss does a big veterans appreciation football game. So I'm sure a lot of the other sports do too. And, um, it's always great to remind ourselves. So, um, moving forward into next week, we are going to cover the fight in Texas Aggies. So they're playing matches against Arkansas and, and LSU. So we'll definitely cover those matches. They are red hot in conference right now. So it should be a good team to cover. Hey, whoop. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We've enjoyed having you follow us along with LSU and um, join us again next week. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see y'all next week. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.